In a tight competitive match with the Dallas Stars, what ended up, ended up being the difference was special teams, and the Jets came up just short in a 3-2 defeat. It wasn't all bad, but obviously some of the same boogeymen that have haunted the Jets continue to be problems even now. We'll dive into all of this on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now, like I said, obviously Winnipeg played a game over this past weekend, and uh, the result didn't quite go Winnipeg's way, although you could say that in a lot of ways, you know, it wasn't a bad result. The Jets played a very good Dallas Stars team and very closely lost 3-2. to two. What I'll say about this game is that, you know, we saw quite a few interesting things, right? In terms of even strength play, this was a pretty close back-and-forth game. You know, there were stretches where Dallas would control the play, create good scoring opportunities down low, and test Hellebuck. And then at the other end, the Jets would be really dangerous for stretches, controlling zone possession, creating chances, um, some nice cross-lot movement, but ultimately falling just short of getting past um, Wedgwood. So, you know, this was one of those situations where, all told, I mean, you can't really be too, too upset with the game, but the biggest problem and the big thing that separated Dallas from the Jets is something we've talked about a lot. And, you know, it is special teams. You actually see on the right that there is a note about it because we're going to spend some time talking about the special teams and why it's, you know, kind of hurting Winnipeg uh, a lot this year. But in this particular game, right, it was just about the closest of margins. You know, a single mistake here, a missed read there, and suddenly the Jets were in real trouble. And this was one of those games where, you know, every mistake the Jets made ended up in a goal against. One of the really egregious ones was a special teams blunder on the power play where Perfetti was kind of hovering along, you know, the wall in his own half. And Shifley and Morrissey sort of flied the zone, not really paying attention to the fact that Perfetti was about to get double teamed. And it ended up creating a counter. Perfetti coughs the puck up and it turns into a goal against from, I think it was Wyatt Johnston on this one. Johnston, unfortunately, was also, I believe, part of the play on another goal, this one on the power plate, where apparently Matuschein just completely got lost between the PK diamond. Somehow, you know, one of the most dangerous players on the, on the team just skates through the uh, the central slot area. No one picks him up. Johnston finds him with a great pass right across from below the goal line. And just like that, you know, Dallas is firmly in control of the game. And it's stuff like that where, you know, the Jets' PK 
and skaters just sort of clicked off, right? Um, look, no one's going to say that it wasn't a great pass. It was very deceptive, and everyone thought Johnson was making a pass, but perhaps didn't know who it was to. But in this case, you know, the most dangerous player on this power play unit, they just sort of ignored. They, I mean, I don't know what happened, but there were four guys there, and no one seemed to recognize that Duchesne was sliding down the middle. And again, look, it is fast, bang, bang, and deceptive. But at the same time, this is what these guys are really paid to pay attention to. And it's those details where the Jets have generally been, you know, a little bit lacking. And it, it wasn't, you know, the worst game at all, right? In terms of some of the plays that we saw, there was a lot to like with how the Jets were. And really, all told, Winnipeg kind of, kind of, you know, exchanged um, blows uh, with with Dallas pretty evenly. I mean, other than the special teams, this was generally a very fun, very good game. You know, it's just where those those big differences kind of separate the two teams and really the Jets from the rest of the league that have held Winnipeg back from true greatness. Uh, this team feels like it's a couple of pieces away from being really dangerous, but, you know, on a coaching side of things and certainly when it comes to special teams, those are things where I feel like the Jets can make a couple of tweaks and adjustments without even having to worry about touching the roster. Now, not everything is going to work, right? Because of the lack of mobility on the blue line, obviously some things with, say, the PK or the power play are going to be a little bit more limited. But I can promise you the Jets have to make some sort of adjustment because what we're seeing with these units has really been uh, a huge disappointment. But that aside, you know, taking this game uh, from a very high-level, holistic perspective, this was only like Winnipeg's second regulation loss in their last several games. And overall, the Jets have generally been really good over the stretch. I mean, you look at how the team has played and uh, the points pace that it's had, and after a 1-3 and three start, the Jets have really rallied to end up with a pretty respectable, um, like, 7-5-2, and two, which, look, I mean, it's not, it's not great, right? But... Uh, compared to where the Jets were starting and where they've ended up, you know, going seven two and two over your uh, or, or six two and two over the most recent stretches is, is pretty decent. Um, it's enough to secure a solid uh, playoff spot uh, should it continue. But obviously, Winnipeg probably doesn't love the fact that St. Louis and a lot of these other teams are really close behind them. And I think the especially annoying thing for Winnipeg is that they've conceded uh, one of the higher amounts in the Central Division when it comes to goals against. I mean, they've conceded 47 already, which... Uh, <laughs> excuse me. It's going to make them pretty upset, I would say. I think Winnipeg is not going to love the, the goals conceded. I think it's a bit of a concern and a bit of a bugbear, but it's something that with an improved PK and a bounce back in the goaltending should be relatively easy to fix. I, I say that, but, you know, obviously things can change and perhaps the Jets surprise us in a not-so-fun way. But after all of the trials and travails, uh, even though the Jets have played one more game, they're actually a level on points with the Colorado Avalanche. And the Avalanche are supposed to be one of the class of the Central Division. But as it turns out, Colorado's 5-5 five and five in their last 10. So maybe there's a chance over the next stretch for the Jets to try and claw their way back up towards the top of the Central and give themselves some breathing room as they approach American Thanksgiving. 
Now, the schedule is not going to get easier. Uh, they're going to be playing, of course, New Jersey tomorrow night, which is going to be very difficult, a very tough opponent, and one that the Jets are probably not favored to beat, although the, the Devils themselves have had issues uh, over the past, you know, I would say, stretch of games. Not exactly the cleanest, and I think their most recent loss to the uh, the Washington Capitals probably sticks pretty fresh in their mind. But, hey, maybe Winnipeg can pull out what should be a, a big win over a very difficult opponent and one that would be, frankly, a statement win over a team that's honestly on paper better than the, than the Jets. But to do that, the Jets have to do some things. Uh, in particular, you know, the special teams are going to be a point of focus for the next few weeks. We'll talk about why they've really struggled and what the Jets can try and do to compensate in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your vehicle alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more, whatever you're looking for, whether you're, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts guaranteed to fit your ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time or you get your money back. With eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And we all know how important it is right now, especially to save money and cut costs where you can. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your vehicle into the MVP and bring home the victory. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we talk about, uh, obviously, some wrap-ups from the Dallas Stars game, which was a tough loss. But obviously, like I said, one of the big things that differentiated Dallas and Winnipeg really came down to special teams. At even strength, these teams were pretty evenly matched. But at the 5v4 situations or, or 4v5, depending on what it was for the Jets, that's where Dallas had the edge. And it's where a lot of teams have generally outperformed the Jets, which is funny because, you know, you think about the Stars' power play, and overall it's been um, a little underwhelming, barring some recent strange things where they had, like, four power play goals in one game a uh, bit of a strange one on that one but otherwise you know most people have looked at their power play and said it's not been amazing right but the jets power play has arguably been a lot worse winnipeg special teams this year have really taken a step back uh, with the power play it's not really been that much of a difference from the past few years but the pk has definitely nosedived and we've pointed it out many times this year unfortunately it still bears worth repeating that the pk diamond is still very uh, exposed. I'll say in the Dallas Stars game, though, there was one PK that I recall that I thought was good. Um, obviously, the, the Stars PP doesn't have, like, the craziest uh, speed of passing and stuff, but it's still enough to where the Jets did concede. But this one where we saw uh, Lowry and company sitting really high, you know, past the blue line, aggressively defending in the neutral zone, pressuring puck carriers before they made zone entries, that is what the Jets' penalty kill needs to do. Look, you know that you're not going to be all that great defending uh, opportunities, especially against talented shooters. So 
What you have to do is force your opponents to make good passes. Force them to be the ones to be perfect. If you apply pressure, close off space, and start to force mental errors, you're going to see this Jets PK generally be a little more effective. Um, unfortunately, you know, the, the usual strategy is to be very static, park down low in front of Hellebuck, and hope that the puck either comes their way or somehow they pick it off uh, with a bit of an extended stick and they can toss the puck out of the zone. You don't really see the PK Diamond um, aggressively pressuring puck carriers, getting into those lands all that effectively, and shutting those spaces down, which is what the Jets genuinely need to do. If they actually applied pressure and forced um, you know, the opponents to be perfect and, and kind of get into those lanes... I think the Jets would have a lot more success. And, you know, as it is, right, you know, the worst that happens is maybe the Jets give up one or two more PK goals. But I promise you, like, with how this PK has already been, it can't really be much worse, right? You you need to experiment and try something because the staticness and the lack of movement is killing the Jets right now. The, the amount of space that opposing teams have on the power play is opening up the Jets pretty significantly and giving Hellebuck an absolute nightmare of a time. And Hellebuck hasn't been as sharp this year, right? That's been no secret. So anything you can do to help out your all-star goalie would probably be really appreciated because like the PK diamond basically might as well not even do anything, right? They're very um, open and exposed and they don't really shut down uh, shooting and passing lanes all that effectively. So that's uh, a big sticking point. The power play, you know, that's one of the situations where Velarde obviously coming back would be a huge boost, but it shouldn't have to be the only thing that fixes that unit. The, the Jets really need better puck movement and more options, which is strange because they have plenty of firepower on this team. That part's really not in question. How it's deployed and used is where I, I tend to think there is uh, room for improvement, right? Everyone sort of defaults to Kyle Connor on the PP, which is a bit, a bit frustrating. And I also feel like the, the man advantage often sees Winnipeg kind of approaching it the, the same way that they do the penalty kill, where there's not a lot of off-the-puck movement, and guys are sort of waiting for the opponent to make a mistake. That's not to say that the Jets don't try and pass around the back and use the perimeter to stretch the PK diamonds, but overall, I don't really see enough of the stuff where Winnipeg attacks the slot area. That was a big hallmark of the 2017-2018 team, where Shifley would sit down low in the middle, you'd have Stastny or something as a bumper, and you could see guys around the perimeter attacking and using those central areas to actually score, right? And obviously, you know, Shifley has uh, taken on a different role since moving toward, towards like the left face-off circle, but I really feel like where he made his bread and butter was basically mixing it up down low right in front of the goalie. I don't know if that's a change that he's asked for or if um, the coaching staff just feels that he's a better distributor from a wider space, but I really feel like what he did so well was quickly pivot the puck into a dangerous area and either strike the goalie immediately or pass it off and defer it to somebody else who had suddenly become open on one of the wings. The fact that he's basically relegated to just being on the left flank has really, in my mind, limited his effectiveness. And then whoever's in the middle, which is sometimes, I don't even know who sits in the middle, to be honest, uh, because usually it's not really that effective or noticeable. I feel like that area of the PP is really wasted. And half the time, the puck just somehow ends up on Kyle Connor's stick, which I love Kyle Connor, right? He's a great scorer, 
but he can't be the only shooter on this power play unit. And if the Jets default to point shots for one more time, I'm going to lose it, right? The, the, the danger and threat of this PP is too limited. It needs to diversify, and it needs to get down low in the slot where you can create some real damage. Even just tiring out your opponents and you know physically engaging with them down low is enough to sometimes create space and chaos where a puck is going to trickle through. Because as it is, there's just not enough threat. And I feel like teams have been able to cheat towards the Kyle Connor strong side and shut him down pretty effectively. So, yeah, Winnipeg has a lot to do on this power play is all I can say. Uh, it, it's it's certainly not something that can't be fixed, but I feel like you know waiting for Velarde to come back to resolve it is just not the solution, right? You've got to work on the stuff before he comes back so that when he does get back to full strength, he'll actually be a huge boost and slide into what should be an already effective power play unit. But we'll see what happens. Obviously, with the Jets, you never quite know if that's going to be the case and if they're going to make the right adjustments. So far this year, you know, there's been some stuff that I've liked. Uh, Arneal has been using Perfetti late in games more frequently, which is great. Um, we're seeing some good creativity from the Jets at even strength. There's just a few niggling things that are bad enough to kind of upset the cart and, and cause the Jets some grief that they still have to fix. But there's time. It's still early in the season. And overall, if I have to be honest, I, I generally like the process. Small things aside, I like the process. There's just a couple of problems that if the Jets fix them, we're legit talking about more of a cup run than we are right now. But again, like I said, plenty of time to get to that. Before then, the Jets have to get through a team like the New Jersey Devils. And this Devils team is a little bit of a strange one because it's not as strong as it used to be thanks to a number of injuries. We'll take a look at who they're lining up and how the Jets can potentially come out with a big win in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Mark Shifley could score 50 goals. The Winnipeg Jets could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports, and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win up to 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. If you are the kind of person who is a stats nerd and loves tracking everything from goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a game, this is the perfect time to get into Sleeper. All you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon, Ovechkin, and more record more or less than their Sleeper projections in all of these stats categories. And if you want to win 100 times your cash, you've got to get eight stats categories correct. You heard me, Jets fans. You can get 100 times your money playing Daily Fantasy Hockey with Sleeper when you pick eight correct categories for stats. That's awesome for you, and it means if you start paying attention and know your pricks, you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's promo code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms for use of details and be sure to check out their locational availability. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for joining us as we talk about uh, welcoming in an opponent to Winnipeg that we haven't really seen all that often. And it's a team that, quite frankly, is not the same as it was last year, thanks to 
Um, some pretty pivotal injuries to guys like Heashier and Hughes, right? This is a team that in New Jersey is, is frankly limping along a little bit. They're missing two of their best players. And while they're still pretty deep and interesting, it's definitely having a bit of an impact on their recent run of form. Now, all that said, this is a team you still can't really take uh, lightly. First line, they've got Tiba Meyer, Michael McLeod, and Jesper Brat. Brat and Meyer are obviously very big threats. McLeod has seemingly done well in the role that he's been assigned, even though you know he's traditionally been like a middle six player, thrust now into a top line role. He's been able to keep up with Brat and Meyer by all, the, by all sounds of it. Um, not exactly a guy that I would ever have imagined ending up in this spot, but thanks to injuries, sometimes it's one of those next man up mentality sort of situations. Second line, you've got Toffoli, Mercer, and Holtz. Uh, Toffoli, obviously, uh, we're, we're big fans of. Um, he's one of those Kings players that I've always had a soft spot for, and uh, you know, obviously had a bit of a stint with Calgary, and now finds himself with, um, with New Jersey, where he's quite frankly racked up the points, man. He's been so good, and I think a lot of people uh, have, have rightly guessed that he would kind of take off as soon as he ended up with uh, this team. So, yeah, <laughs> they basically paid very little for his services, and they have reaped the benefits. Holtz has kind of bounced up and down the leagues over the past year or two. Obviously, it's been a little bit of a tough time for him getting used to the NHL level, but uh, perhaps now he's starting to settle down. Haven't really caught too much of him recently, but it'll be interesting to see how he does because obviously he's hailed as one of the biggest scoring talents that they've acquired through the draft over the years and uh, could be a really lifelong goal scorer for this team. The bottom six is where you start to see the lack of depth really play out. Uh, Palat, Hala, and Lazar are on your third line, which is just not a very good line if we're being honest. Lazar is, you know, who he is at this point, which is a, a fourth line grinder. Hala... Yeah, I mean, you know what his reputation is. Decent enough middle six scorer, but not much more than that. And Palat has really started slowing down. Nosek, Tierney, and Bastion anchor the fourth line. And honestly, like, I just feel like this bottom six is where the Jets should be able to make some real hay. I feel like the third and fourth lines for Winnipeg very much outbeat whatever these guys are going to be capable of. But I've been surprised before. Maybe the Jets are going to have... A, a bad performance, but I feel like this depth unit is where the Jets have a legitimate advantage. And honestly, the Jets should be able to match up well against the top six too, but I'm not going to like jinx it. I feel like that's just asking for trouble. On the defense, uh, obviously the Devils have a really good unit. Hughes and Hamilton anchor your first pairing, which is just such a great combo. Siegenthaler and Marino are on your second pair, another really solid top four duo. And then Ball and Smith have been pretty capable together. Smith perhaps not as much, but Ball has uh, seemingly fit in pretty nicely, a lot more, uh, I guess, performing strongly than I expected, which, you know, coming over from Arizona, I didn't think Ball was going to be all that impressive. He's big. He didn't exactly have the uh, most explosive puck movement, but seemingly for the Devils has done a pretty good job. So, the blue line for the, the Devils is pretty decent. The goaltending is perhaps not so decent, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is with them, but Vanacek and Schmid have been uh, a little bit chaotic. Vanacek has had some moments where he's been really good, but overall, the, the goaltending unit should be where the Jets could take advantage, especially uh, at even strength. But like I said, this is still a really tough team. 
I, I do still think that somehow the Devils might be favored in this one just because Winnipeg's own special teams and goaltending haven't exactly been strong recently. But let's hope that fortunes turn around and that even strength the Jets win the battle. Let me know your score predictions in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I'm going with um, four to three Jets. I've called the Jets in some games and they've lost close ones, but I'm feeling okay about this one. Let me know if you agree. And if you don't, drop your score prediction below in, uh, I guess, New Jersey's favor. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We'll see you back here tomorrow with some post-game thoughts as the Jets finish off the Devils. Have a great night, and as always, go Jets go.